Hello, everybody. Welcome back to A Couple of Friends with No Class. Uh, today, Jason and I are here with Professor Yukich. Um, he's a professor here at the university working in the theater department. Um, and today, he's going to give us a little snip pit, sneak peek into his uh, teaching style, how he got here, um, and tell us a little bit about the school musical, which is coming out when? April 19th through April 22nd. Four so. nights at 7.30 in Bucknall, Wednesday through Saturday. Ooh. Make sure you get your tickets. Scottsville. So it's a it's a musical that I think a lot of people are familiar with. So it should be a lot of fun. over to me like I said I had something yeah, prepared. Yeah I was gonna throw a question right. over to you. All right no problem on the spot what was kind of your journey up to this point like have you been interested in theater for a while what was kind of how did you kind of discover your? Uh, well I yeah I've been doing theater since I was in high school. I uh, was actually uh, a baseball player in high school and I played basketball and I was an athlete and really had no intention or wasn't familiar with theater at all and then um, my senior year I, I tore up my shoulder playing baseball and so I needed something for seventh period because I was no longer on the baseball team and, you know, I needed a class there. So there was this drama class and um, and I took this drama class. And before I knew it, um, I was uh, it, the play was the Scottish play, which, you know, it's you know, we're in a theater. So I'm not going to say the actual title, but um, it's a Shakespeare play. And I was the lead in, the, in that particular play. And um, I had a really wonderful drama teacher who really took me under her wing and lined up a lot of scholarship auditions for me and I actually went to undergrad on a undergraduate uh, acting scholarship theater scholarship and so and even then I was like you know uh, okay I'll do theater for a little while but I'm going to be a doctor or a lawyer and do something you know legit yeah. uh, but once I really got immersed in that world and the people in that world and found out I was I was decent at doing a couple of things I was like I don't I don't ever want to not do this and so I've been playing make-believe ever since and Hmm. Moved to New York City, uh, went to grad school, and um, um, and then I've been at the university for, I, I think I'm either in my 10th or 11th year here at the university. So uh, lived in New York City for several years doing theater primarily as a playwright. I have um, close to 25, 30 plays published, and a few of those um, do really well in publication as far as I get a couple of hundred productions of my plays every year all over the world. And so even though I started as an actor and I still do a lot of directing, uh, whatever sort of international or national reputation I have is as a playwright. And so and and whatever international visibility I have comes through my my plays and publication getting performed all over. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've been at the university for about 10 or 11 years and um, uh, I really love it here. And um, I love New Haven. Uh, I like living in Connecticut. I also like not being too far from the city because yeah. I still have a a lot of community there and still mm. do a lot there. So um, yeah, I've, can feel I'm very fortunate to have been able to do exactly what I wanted to do and what I love and what I believe in. So I, I hope that is something my students are able to find as well. Awesome. Um, so what made you choose Godspell for the spring musical this year? Well, I've sort of resisted directing Godspell for most of my career. <laughs> um, and people who know Godspell, I think, will kind of get that. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a musical that has been around since 1970. It's really popular, and it's done all over. Um, 
and it just gets in your head and it won't go away and uh and it's done so much that it is one of those things when you're in the theater it's one of those you kind of get you kind of go oh godspell again um but coming out of covid i felt like we needed to do uh, another big musical uh, and this was really one with the message of, you know, uh, it's the story of, of, it's sort of basically a story of, of Jesus on a playground uh, as a kind of a, a little childlike boy with his followers who were other children, and they're sort of playing and telling the parables and telling the s- biblical stories through uh, play and having a good time and a lot of laughs, but it is the story of, of, of Jesus. Uh, um, so some of those lessons in there I thought were really good for us to remember, and uh, regardless of your religion or what you believe in, it's just these are good lessons to revisit, and um, it's fun, it's funny, and it has a lot of themes in it that I think are, are worth being reminded of, and I also thought it would be a good musical to bring our community together, not just our theater program, but um, but the campus and the community at large, because it is uh, such a popular brand and such a well-known musical, and and um, really f- makes you makes you leave the theater not only humming the music but feeling good. Are there any are there any productions that you particularly enjoy just yeah. overall in the world of like this is why I do what I do? Oh yeah, well you know that's a really good question. So I always tell my students uh, and and I tell colleagues and friends this too. Great art is often where you least expect to see it, you know. So I, you've been to Broadway and, and London and seen all these big shows, big time tickets and all that. But the best experiences I've had of where I, I've walked into a hole in the wall theater and thought was had really low expectations and was completely blown away by something. And I remember being in Los Angeles and there was a play called Crap's Last Tape by this great playwright, Samuel Beckett. It's a one man show. And my friend and I are big Samuel Beckett fans. So we're like, let's go check this out. Some hole in the wall theater on the edge of town. This is Los Angeles. And we get there and we look around, the show's about to start and there are like two other people in the audience. And we're thinking, oh God, you know, what have we gotten ourselves into? Because bad Beckett is really just very tedious. But the guy comes out and he was, uh, he was just amazing. And we found out later that he had actually that production had been directed by Samuel Beckett before Samuel Beckett died, and this was like one of the great interpreters of Beckett's work, uh, Rick Clushy, and it blew me away. And and, um, and again, there were two other people in the audience, and but still walking out of there, you have this moment. I think sometimes in the theater where you just, when it's really magnificent and incredible, where you just have to sit down and gather your thoughts because it, it, you're so struck by what you've just witnessed and experienced. And I love film and I love books and I. I, I, I love I love all kinds of art, but the theater when it's good, uh, that that once out of every 25 or 30 times or so, when it's really good, has a, a, an impact on you that is really special. And um, I've been lucky enough to have that experience a few a handful of times, and usually it comes where you we least expect it. To bring it back to Godspell again, uh, did you what did you do with the musical? That's kind of like your own little personal flair, because everybody has something that they put in for themselves. Exactly. Well, yeah. especially with Godspell, Callista, I think that's a really good question because Godspell is very open to putting your own spin on it. Uh, it, it can be on a bare stage. You can set it on, on, on the moon. You can set it, uh, you can really set it wherever. And so we chose to set it on sort of a dilapidated urban playground, uh, a broken down playground, which so there's this kind of bleakness at the beginning and then uh, the, the Jesus figure comes into the play and we sort of have this light and this hope 
um, and but it's it's the the setting is is an urban environment that's really beaten down and dilapidated, and through that comes beauty and hope and optimism and uh, and courage and 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 goodness. And so, I think that's the idea behind the aesthetic and the look of the production and the setting of it is that and that's our spin, setting it on a playground like that. My next question I have in mind is probably going back away from Godspell again, but <laughs> we'll probably come back to it again in a second. Um, overall, the um, plays that you've made you you know a playwright of is there a character you feel like that you really enjoyed writing like a character that really stands out from your work that you really enjoyed writing or um i wrote an early play uh, about a um a little kid who's on it's and I, my plays are strange by the way so sure. uh, when i describe no this play you're gonna be like oh okay uh but it's a play about a little boy who's on a seesaw and uh, a, a 20,000 pound man walks up and, and sits on the other end of the seesaw and launches the little boy into outer space. <laughs> and so half the play is the little boy uh, talking to us from outer space waiting to come back down, uh, and the other half of the play are his parents looking up waiting for him to come back to Earth. And I really like, his name was Little Billy, and he's, his parents are not the best parents, and he hasn't had the easiest life, and almost the, what the 20,000 pound man has done is released him into some sort of freedom and uh, from from the life he's had and I really love the monologues that he's had he has in outer space to us about his life and about what it means to be both um, outside of earth and coming back to earth hmm. that was a really early play of mine hmm. that sounds interesting yeah <laughs> like <laughs> not to just like stroke the ego or anything but it sounds it's different but it's like yeah, it is it's interesting. It's odd. Like the uh, ideas behind it. Yeah, it's yeah. not one of mine that get that gets done a lot because it is a little strange. But um, uh, but every now and then it it still gets done, even though it was over 20, 20 years ago that I wrote it. Mm. What was your favorite production, either that you've, either somebody else's that you've directed, anything you've acted in, anything you wrote? What's your all time favorite? Uh, you know, as far as plays that I wrote, um, I had a really uh, terrific production of one of my plays in New York City um, that did really well uh, artistically and, and critically. It got a really wonderful review in the New York Times and um, I was really proud of that production and really loved that play. Um, and uh, that meant a lot at that point in my career to have a production like that in, in the city and get a, a rave review in the New York Times was really uh, a lot of things coming together that were really nice for me at, at the time with that particular, it was a play called um, uh, American Midget is the name of the play, um, and it's again, it's a little, really odd little play, but um, um, I was really proud of it and really proud of that production. I noticed because uh, we obviously we walked in there to go uh, get you to say hi. Um, I, I noticed you have like, like your um, you have like that swing set down there on the stage, yeah. a really cool, a really cool prop. What was like the um, like process of that looking like? Because like I know like you have to probably get the you know, get the things. You find a broken swing. Did you break the swing yourself? Actually, our technical director, who's in responsible for building the set, went mm -hmm. to um, found a lot of used parts oh. and piece it together that way. So I mean, I think the remnants are on uh, the remnants of an actual play set that he's kind of rigged together. Interesting. Uh, so a lot of it is kind of a makeshift set, set, kind of like found materials kind of put together to give that sense of just a playground that's been forgotten. I feel like that's kind of because I think it'd be kind of a difference between like buying something new and then making it look yes. like if it's thick yeah. or then buying it like a little bit of the thing and then adding it. I think 
Yeah. Yeah. It's really been it's really been worn in that in that way. You're right though. There is a there is a there's a little bit of both where you have to do in a production. Sometimes you find the stuff and it's already weathered. We're buying a few costumes that are going to look too nice, so we're going to have to mm. weather them to make them look worn. Uh, mm -hmm. So there is, uh, we do have the other approach as well. I'm trying to think of what other questions I have. Well, let me ask you a question. <laughs> oh yeah. Go ahead. So you took an acting class with me. What I was did. that acting class like? Um, I really enjoyed it. It was my first time uh, ever taking a class like that, and I I took it originally because I had like an open like tier. You needed a tier two and some competency nine or whatever, and it was like a mandatory class. So I was like. I was looking through the class list and I was like, I don't really want to take these. I was like, this one could be interesting. So I took it. And uh, now I have a minor in theater. So <laughs> <laughs> it worked. And I was I was planning on um, filling up my electives with other theater classes because I thought it would look, I thought it would pair very nicely with my music major to just go into jobs and go, hey, look. Absolutely. <laughs> music and um, theater. Yeah, music and theater. So... I did that, and now it's going heading towards my minor. So, so mm -hmm. what was it like that first day of acting class? Were you like, uh, "Oh my God, what have I gotten myself into?" Or were you like, "No, I, I think this is going to be okay." Um, when I first walked in, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to be bored," mm -hmm. um, or I'm going to just be like in the corner and be nervous and quiet the entire time. Um, and then taking it, I'm like, "This is, this is, it's interesting to learn." that side because like in high school I did uh one and a half musicals uh because COVID hit my senior year thank god um I have something to say after you finish what you're saying say, about, you know exactly uh, what about a very is. similar sentiment to that yeah. but yeah we did finish uh, your bit. my junior year which was the first musical I did was um Chicago and I kind of got like bit by the bug and mm -hmm. I was like this is so much fun because I've performed before, like with my instrument, like with the chorus, that kind of stuff. It was really fun to be somebody else for a, a couple hours, and it, it was very fun to do. Even though I was just, um, I was just one of the cell block girls, and I was yeah. in the chorus. Those are fun. Things. Those are fun roles. Oh, they are. Mm. And I really enjoyed. Uh, uh, I felt really bad at the time. At, well, afterwards, once we got behind set, I felt really bad. I didn't realize it. I broke. Uh, I busted up a friend of mine's toe because oh. I was I was Annie in the cell block and it was in the high school version she says single my foot and like stomps on the ground and I stomped mm. on his foot with the heel of my stage oh. shoe <laughs> which was not the greatest and after that I was like I'm I'm gonna do the musicals from now on mm. I love this and then we did Cats my senior year <laughs> mm. not my favorite <laughs> nor mine yeah yeah mm. that's why you're glad that covid struck <laughs> yes because it was it struck Still lining <laughs> it struck right before uh tech week and i loved uh my director um she was awesome she actually helped me choose the school uh like coming here nice um over some other places she was amazing loved working with her I liked working with most of the cast. Some of the freshmen that year were a little, <laughs> but for the most part, I did. I enjoyed my time. I loved working with the cast. That one, I was not. That one was interesting from start to finish, because when we started for auditions, I didn't know I was auditioning. Mm -hmm. um, 
because originally I had planned, I was like, oh, I'm going to go in the second audition day so I have time to prepare. Um, I can set up my song and I can actually do a song from Cats. And my band director, I walked in for extra help for an audition, for another audition um, for my sax. And he goes, you're trying out today, right? And I went, no. I'm trying out next week. And he was like, oh, okay. And he handed me his clipboard and his notebook. And he he was like, here, follow me. Like, I need my hands free or whatever. And we walked into the theater. And he went, okay, I'll take it back now. I gave it to him. And then as I started to go back, the director looked at me. And she was like, oh, I'm so happy you're coming back. And I ended up auditioning that day. Mm-hmm. My theater experience is only in high school, uh, which is interesting because I was going to do the drama club in middle school. The middle school drama club in my town is like huge. I mean, like by drama club in you know in you know Massachusetts standards. But I'm talking, I'm talking like there was there's definitely like 70 people involved in this thing. Um, so they had these huge productions. They did when I was in sixth grade. They did Sound of Music. Then they did Beauty and the Beast. And then they did no Beauty and the Beast was in eighth grade. The seventh grade was Rock of Ages. And I really I, I was really interested in doing some of these because they you know they got a big cast they get you know they get the nice budgets and stuff and I was really interested in doing things with them but I had after school activities and I couldn't do the drama club so then when I got to high school I'm like well I really want to do the drama club now that I'm more available um, but the h- drama club in the high school was like five people because people from the high school gave the high school drama like I'm not sure if it was drama club members in the high school or just people in high school gave the drama club a bad rep to the middle schoolers coming in so no one wanted to join it from the middle school drama club so it was like five people. So I came in and we were like, I mean, the majority of us were freshmen. We came in and we're like, there was the president of the club. And she's like, thank you for coming. Hello. And then that year we did this little thing um, called What I Want to Say But Never Will. It was like a series of monologues, which were like interesting because they were like very like, you know, spoken word theater style stuff. All of us were coming in from like right out of Beauty and the Beast. And we're like, all right, what's the high school going on? You know, spoken word stuff. And so we did that. With a few cut corners, people like dropped out of the drama club. It was a whole thing in my in, in my freshman year, um, and performed it to like literally just like our parents who decided to show up, which is very nice of them to support us. Um, and that was my freshman year. Then the person who was the president, she graduated, and so that became a sophomore who had just been a freshman, um, one of my friends. And so he became the president of the drama club. And then after that, we got enough traction together because he managed to give the drama club a good enough rep to the people coming in that we did the Little Mermaid Junior the year after that which was kind of fun because um, it was like a you know back kind of like getting closer to like you know close to what we kind of heard from middle school which that was really fun that one panned out that was very fun to do um, then in my junior year because I'm a year behind Callista so my junior year was when COVID hit and we were going to do Freaky Friday which was a weird thing Ooh. to begin with and we're like hmm and I think it got us like it was tech week we were performing like on Friday and they closed the schools and some of us were like no it's the end of the world I'm like because it was a weird one to like I'm like I'm going to promise from like my peers my parents I'm like this is a it's, it's a it's a strange yeah. I mean we, we put like more production value into it we, made, like, you know, we painted sets we had like props that like glowed and stuff it was actually kind of cool but like the whole like premise of just the play I'm like this it's a, it, it, it was a little weird and so I'm like okay and I'm like okay good we don't have to perform this thing um, and then so, you know, we, so we had COVID we were online all the stuff there and then we came back enough in my senior year where we did and this is kind of a funny little thing, a little anecdote as well. We did like a, an abridged version of Hades Town. We got like rights to like some of the songs 
and then just kind of like did a song said in between this song and the next song we like wrote like a little thing where like in between this song and the next song these plot points happen then we go to the next thing we call it like Hades Town Spark Notes Edition um, and then because so we couldn't record it in front of we could not perform it in front of an audience we could not sing in the auditorium so we had everyone record their vocal tracks separately into like a program and then played that combination of everyone's voices over the speakers in the auditorium and then I was because I, I just I did the camera stuff for it and so I had like three different camera angles and so I recorded on all those ones. They did the scenes and stuff. And then with the audio running over the speakers in the background, then in post, I cut between the cameras when it made sense and then replaced the audio that sounded like it was underwater because the speakers in our auditorium were so bad with the good audio from the actual recording. And then we, um, by the time we finished it, we were able to like kind of screen it for like our families and the rest of the drama club at like a little banquety thing. Um, but that was my four years of drama club. And from what I see from Instagram and other social medias, the drama club is still doing well at the high school. Yeah, so I think the- theaters come back pretty yeah. strong. I mean, I, it, it was really scary there for when COVID hit because mm. theater just yeah. stopped. And yeah. for people who have, um, you know, even professionally, like, you know, it, it hurt so many artists. Um, mm-hmm. And it hurt me, you know, because, uh, you know, my plays weren't being done anymore. Exactly. And that's where some of my income comes from. And so I I didn't know whether I should even write another play um, because I didn't know if we were ever going to come out of the COVID. So mm-hmm. it was a scary time, and you know j- things just stopped, exactly. and they stopped in the theater very suddenly, and they say stayed stopped for a long time. Mm-hmm. The theater was one of the last things to come back, um, just because of the nature of theater. But it was um, it was not a fun time. But I am like, as you were saying with your your drama club. Um, I'm so happy that so much has come back and come back strong. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And we did we did put a, we did put a lot of work into Freaky Friday, but like, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of hard to describe succinctly. Yeah. But just kind of like a lot of us were like, "This is weird." Can we not do? Yeah, because we were like, because yeah. like as a drama club kind of fluctuated as high school drama clubs sometimes do. Like we were like cutting scenes, adding things. It, it was it was it was it was. This was during COVID. I mean, it was like excited. It was like they closed our school during Tech Week. Like yep. it was, we we did the whole thing. We were ready to go for it, and then we, you know, and then they stopped us right, right. Like and we, were, you know, we're like, all right, this weekend, guys. And then they're like, we're closing the schools. And we had like a brief drama club meeting right after that school day, and we're like, listen, it's not gonna happen. And everyone's like, oh yeah, no. They got us the week before. There were there were most of the cast was like, oh no, like I'm gonna miss all you seniors. You seniors aren't gonna be able to do it. And I'm sitting there going, thank God. We did not have any seniors in the drama club. Yeah. So it was a matter of we all kind of got to a thing where we're like, okay. We l- this show is not going to happen, but we still have, we can make something, mm-hmm. you know. So like if I said, if we had seniors who are going out, it would be a different story. But like we had that one more year in some capacity, we didn't know exactly how. Yeah, but I think I was, I was one of three, and originally the original plan was was after COVID, we were they were going to do the play again, um, but the director that we had for that one, she actually uh, passed away, not because of COVID, um, but she passed away in the middle of COVID. Um, so it didn't happen because originally it was going to, they were just going to redo cats. They were going to have all the seniors come back and keep the original cast, recast people that are no longer able to do it. Um, maybe try to add a couple more because there were like 13 of us, something Mm -hmm. like that. And, um, she passed away. So what the school ended up doing to, um, pay kind of a tribute to her in some way was we did the Lion King. (laughs) Mm-hmm. which and my brother did the he goes to the same high school and he did the lights for it and watching that there were there were 
there were some good parts and there were some bad parts. Yeah, we were doing, uh, we had just finished our first production of the spring semester and we were doing uh, our Student New Works Festival, which mm -hmm. is a festival where we fully produce several student written plays. And we were in the middle of uh, doing those when it, when it shut down here. And, you know, I mean, you, you all remember, you know, it was kind of like, are we going to be shut down for a week yeah. or two weeks? And, is it know. forever? Like, yeah. And then, you know, we realized, mm. I think there was a point for all of us when we realized, and you probably had this moment too, where you were like, oh, this is, this is going to be something real. that's going to last yeah. for a while. Like, I know from my personal thing, it was like, I think it was like on the news, like it's, you know, it was, it was making its rounds over in like, in, you know, different countries. And we're like, oh, okay. Like sometimes like these things kind of happen. They kind of fluctuate around, but then, you know, and then we kind of started like, oh, there's a few cases that are coming over, over here. And then like, we kind of, I, I remember I was in my history, it was like my AP history class or something where like there was a murmur around the school that the superintendent was going to speak like over the speaker at the end of the day. We weren't sure like exactly. We had a th we had a theory. We're like, okay, maybe they're gonna like close the. They, they wouldn't close this. Like, and so he comes over and he's like, "Hello, this is the superintendent of schools. We're closing for two weeks." And we're like, at that time, you're like, two Yay. weeks vacation. But then you get to the end of that two weeks, and it, like this is this is not two weeks vacation. Yep. This is like, you know, this is it's a, you know you, you know that's the, the rest of the year. The new you know the grad yeah. you know the the graduating class of that year was was all over the you know the place. And of course, you know the story is is known by many from from here but you know but it wasn't you know but i know i talked to a lot of teachers like after we kind of started to go back we kind of did like in like halves where, like half the school went back on one day and then half the school was back another day and if you weren't there in person you were there yep. online so you kind of like back and it was just it was just, it was it was interesting the way we had, had to do it and i know i talked to a lot of teachers about it and they're like it was a whole different thing where like instead of just like being there and teaching before a class you didn't like entertainer like you're online you have to like keep your students attention like you know some people just kind of like put on their zoom meeting and then just walk away and make lunch you know and then you know but you need to captivate, captivate your students attention i know like as high schoolers like there was less of like you know theatrics by i've seen like some of the clips and stuff from like younger grades that you know they you know they did like a whole thing for their students just to make sure that they would you know stay focused to it and I, I definitely think it was it was quite a challenge for everyone really but you know for teachers and stuff to be able to kind of basically go from you know teaching in person to teaching yeah. online and making that interesting and adapting their curriculums to make sense like i had like a woodworking class and he gave us episodes of this old house to watch online um in, in the absence of actually being in the wood shop so we like watched like a whole season of this old house and watched this house being built and that was like our homework assignment i was in the middle of like building a little house out of like popsicle sticks now we, we, we had this whole project and, like i was really excited to do it and then we were gone and i'm like oh that's yeah. you know I want to make my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, close to it. Do you have any other thoughts and questions? I have like kind of one thing that could kind of close it out. Um, I do have one question. Oh, go for it's it. our usual question. Mm -hmm. You know exactly what question it is. I do. Be. So we have a little goofy Oh, question. This, this question. Yeah. I thought you were just talking about the throat adjacent question. No, we have a, if you could go back in time, mm -hmm. what would you bring with you from this day and age to uh, factor, to we use factory reset? Scramble yes. the brain of a Victorian child. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure you've gotten cell phone. That's that yes. the most common. I mean, uh, that's pretty yeah. remarkable. Yeah. That you could do so much with your, you can do everything with this little thing that's in your pocket. Exactly. Now. I mean, mm -hmm. if you want to bamboozle a, a Victorian child, sure. I mean, that's a good place to start. Exactly. Uh, I mean, you know, like we do all kinds of like incredible things. Like air travel is like pretty. I was saying that's a new one. I think, I think yeah, air travel is new. A bit he used to do a long time ago, where he was like, every time we fly, we should be like. Oh, yeah. Because you're in a chair, thirty thousand feet in the air, a big metal and you have a cushion. Tube. You're yeah. sitting mm -hmm. on a cushion, and and we treat it like it's 
you know, yeah. another day at the office, you know, yeah. Yeah. Or, and we complain about it, you know, because yeah. we don't have enough leg room. We are flying across an ocean, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a few hours. That's that's pretty remarkable. So, there, I mean, yeah. So there's there's all kinds of things that oh, you yeah. could really mess with a Victorian child with. I know. Uh, airplane, I think. Is a- 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 airplane was new. Air we travel, had we I think, is the n- is new. That, that, I don't yeah. think we've gotten that one. Uh, the reason the reason <laughs> I asked Calista how <laughs> make sure you phrase it we correctly have is to rephrase it. Wait for <laughs> for a little while when we started asking the question because we did this as part of our yeah. internship at Comic Book Curious was we phrased it as how would you kill a Victorian child oh. and then and they were much more violent yeah, answers. Yeah, and people were like a gun. And we're like that's not the answer we're looking for. We're looking like, kind of goofy. So that's why I'm like make sure you rephrase it correctly. Bamboo like scramble the brain of Victorian child. Cause I'm just looking at it's like, like they aren't funny. They aren't funny answers. Yes, I like how you changed. I think that was a good tweak. Yeah, yeah so um, I'm like, Calista, let's make a little, a little, uh, a little edit here. We're uh, gonna change this because people are giving like we're, g- we're getting the wrong impression. Even like basic life stuff, like yeah. penicillin. You yeah. Know? yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, or you know, you have a headache. Here, yeah. are pill. This pill I bought for twenty cents today will cure you of that headache in like a minute or two. That's pretty remarkable for again if we're talking about that beer or just exactly. like McDonald's. Yeah, a warm you can go in a in a sack. They will give you a warm meal in like in like a minute that you can eat, and it's you know not exactly healthy, but it's kind of tasty. Soda as a concept. With, with soda. soda. We got this idea because we did a we host we hosted PowerPoint nights, mm-hmm. um, which we just make up random PowerPoint stuff. Um, and a friend of ours did his on how to kill a Victorian child, um, everyday things. And one of them was like a bang energy drink, which I think would kill a normal person I now. I, I, I know mm. someone who, yeah, it's, it's sound gross. It's crazy. Yep. I was like, I drank it once and I was like off the walls. Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was like, no, not Coca-Cola. The new stuff or yeah. the old formula? The, the or, not the new or the old formula, because they were already doing something weird. And That's true. That's yeah. true. Are you guys, do you ever drive and are like trying to find somewhere and, and think to yourself, well, how, how would people do this without a GPS? Or being, I mean, uh, they would have to actually pull out maps and, and like an atlas. figure it yeah. out. I don't know how anyone got anywhere. I, 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 even like 20, 30, 25 years ago. Mm. I mean, how did people do it? That's thought of it. I mean, I guess I was, I came up during that time, but yeah. I'm so spoiled by today's technology, yeah. just finding basic places. It's you GPS. don't have to work very hard. You see, it's kind of like no person who's like, oh yeah, to get to this place, you go left, then right, then yeah. left at the tree. Yeah, and the tree could be My gone. My dad will like tell me yeah, word for word it. exactly mm-hmm. what the GPS will tell me to like go places. Right. And I'm like, no, dad, just give me the address. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I've seen. It. I mean, like, like I, I yeah. don't know. Right. Like I've seen the you know like I can you know like an atlas, you got all the maps in there, mm-hmm. and I'm like, it's not necessarily an outlandish concept. They're like, oh, what is this? prehistoric time stuff i'm yeah. just like when you're like all right we're going off the map to the right that's page 20 okay then we're gonna go up that's page 36 and you flip to the next thing and it's like all right cool well there's this town and the highway hasn't been built yet oh no we're lost <laughs> like yeah you know, like, that's not you know it's you know like, it's like you know it's, and you can't update the, you know, the atlas once you have it you gotta get a new atlas every I single year like I a phone book i was i was uh, there's a thing where like the phone book well, got really big and they start getting smaller guys no one put their stuff in the phone book anymore that's interesting yeah. i saw it. it was like um, a huge thing that became a little leaf phone book in our pockets now yeah. Yeah. yeah i'm one of those people too that like with gps and stuff if i don't turn the same way out of my driveway you're lost awful well we should mm-hmm. say that to you we are doing this interview right outside a godspell rehearsal yeah. this is true um and um even though I'm directing it tonight, we're doing uh, music, and when you do a musical, you you bring in a music director who mm. we we hired from the, on the outside, and so that's the reason I'm able to be out here with you is mm. we're working Act Two music tonight. Oh, and, very uh, I do hope many of you come to see it. It's a a quick show. It's about an hour and a half, um, and it's uh, it's it's fun. It's funny. It's tender. Um, it's got some really catchy songs in it. Um, 
it's clean. So I, it's like one of the first shows that uh, I've directed where my I have a nine-year-old daughter where, where she's going to be able to come see it and some of her friends really are going to cool. be able to come see it. So um, so it's fun in that way too. Okay. I did just remember the question I wanted to ask you earlier. So you've directed plays and you've directed musicals. Mm-hmm. What, in your opinion, are the challenges to both of them and which one do you prefer to direct when you put on a show? I, I just prefer good material. And it could be a musical, it could be uh, a non-musical. I, I think I prefer to do contemporary plays. Um, and that's something that uh, I've, we've done plays like The Wolves here, uh, which is a very contemporary um, new play. Um, a uh, play called The Nether, which actually weirdly is about a, a Victorian child uh, oh. um, who is something bad happens oh, no. to that person. Uh, but we've been able to do a lot of kind of, I really believe that the 21st century where there's a lot of really great American plays being written and we, we're, I'm trying and we're trying as a theater program to bring those into our classrooms and bring those into our production seasons and so I, I really like doing those kinds of contemporary plays but you also when you have when you are involved in a theater program have to think about the power of the musical and how that really brings people out and it really engages students and gets students excited because people love musicals and so um, while I while that may not always be the first thing I want to do it is something that I believe should be done at universities because they're so popular among students in the, in the campus mm-hmm. community. I have one last, last little thing to kind of close it out. Go for it. Um, are there any productions that you're like look like you might want to work for in the future? Things you have in mind? You're like, oh, you know, next year I'm, I like this one. We could do this one. Any, well, any foresight? Know, one, one at a time, Jason. So, <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, sure. There are always some that you know. Uh, w- I was just talking with the music director about how much we love the musical Chicago and. Mm. Um, that's been one that uh, I've wanted to do for a while, so maybe one day I'll be able to do that one. But um, uh, one other thing we do here at the university that I'm really proud of uh, that is that we have uh, every two years we fully produce several student written plays that come out of my playwriting class, and so next year will be the year that we'll we'll do that. We always take a year off, then we start it again. So I'm taking that class yes. in the fall. Awesome! I'm so happy to hear you're taking the playwriting class. Uh, yeah. Oh, I fantastic! Needed, uh, I no class, a musical. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So um, that's great because, you know, not only do we talk about the importance of doing new work, but we actually fully produce student plays. That's great. That'll be one of my big projects next year. Awesome. Sounds like fun. Maybe we'll come back and talk to you again next year. I do. I do. Yeah. (laughs) It might even be interesting. I mean, you know, they're obviously very busy with their music on today, but even like have you and maybe... One, two, three other. If people are available, they want to. love that. Yeah. yeah. If you want to come back and talk to some of the cast members, they they would love that. So sure. just let me know if that's Absolutely. something you want to do. We might do a couple, like, obviously have, like, one big episode. And then, like, a couple, we do, like, other mini sure. segments mm-hmm. uh, for that week just to kind of get the. That would be great. Yeah. Well, I had a lot of fun. Thank you oh, both. Thank for you so yeah, much. Yeah, thank you so much for being on. Really appreciate it. All right. And that is all. See you guys next time. Bye.